Okay. And, uh, all right. So I've got everything lined up. Um, you know, we've all done this enough times now. We know the drill. So I'll give a countdown. We'll get started. And Wicker Man, I mean, this is going to be a fun talk. one. <laughs> just talk during, uh, right after you count down. Just keep talking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't. <laughs> all right. Um, so here we go. We are going to get started now. In uh, everyone's, everyone's ready to go. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. We're going to get started in three, two, one. I have a daughter. She is a perfect child, and her name is Rowan. She has been missing for two weeks now, and I need your help. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait. You haven't seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies, specifically a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis. This is episode number 24, the fourth in our five-week Nicolas Cage celebration. This is The Wicker Man. Um, Now, I had never seen this movie before, and uh, joining me to talk about it this week, I have Patty. Hello. Hi. Uh, And Joe. Hi. Hey, Joe. Uh, I also have Christina. Hi, hi. And back from the Retro Cinema Podcast is Gidget Von LaRue. G'day, everybody. Hey. So, hey. All right. So I had never seen this movie before. Um, who here had seen it? Christina, had you? No, I had not. This was my first scene. Oh, okay. That kind of surprises me based on your taste in movies. I would have thought you'd have seen this one. but um, It's one that I had, had an eye on but just lost it. I think I started watching it and then things happened and... Yeah, life. Yeah. Uh, now, Gidget, you had seen this before, hadn't you? I had seen it. I'm I'm a sucker for what they call a movie that's so bad it's good, <laughs> and uh, it's it's funny actually because I, I rewatched uh, the original uh, over the weekend, and then I watched this again, the Nick Cage one, and the version that I got this time didn't have the bees scene in it. So someone had edited it to make it at least semi-reasonable and it was just was nowhere near as fun oh you know okay yeah so <laughs> yeah I, the version that i saw was the i guess that's the unrated version that has the bees the oh not the bees at the end yeah um, which is not the theatrical release um so patty and joe had either of you seen this before yes okay i had seen pieces of it i don't think i actually watched the whole movie um basically all i remember is the ending where james franco shows up (laughs) so yeah see that's the interesting thing so the version that i saw didn't have that but he was in the credits yeah yeah that's what i was wondering because we watched um the the ending with the bees and you know it's the ending that i it's has become legend Mm -hmm. thanks to the internet (laughs) and uh so you know I hadn't seen the movie, but I'm just waiting for that scene throughout the whole thing. And then, uh, you know, it. then Patty told me, it's like, oh, this is actually the alternate ending. It's like, wait, what? So we kept watching it, and uh, then it just kind of ended. And we were like, wait, where's James Franco? <laughs> yeah, as I was watching it, the, the credits came up, and it said, you know, Guy in Bar, James Franco. And it also mentioned, I think, the, the other name that I saw listed was Jason Ritter. I'm like, wait, yeah. I don't remember seeing any of them. So I, th- I at first thought 
that like somebody that was sitting in the diner at the beginning of the movie was James Franco and like really bad makeup. Is what I kept thinking. <laughs> Which easily is totally plausible. Yeah, it's completely believable that that could have been the case. But um, yeah, that weird cameo too. Like James Franco, just guy in a bar at the end of The Wicker Man. <laughs> um, you know, that was yeah, like that's, that's, was... that's the version that I watched. The version I hadn't seen the one with the James Franco ending. Oh, okay. I'd always just Man. seen the the bees version, so it was it was good. That, it was good actually that I watched this other version because I was the same. Because yeah, reading through it, and I'm thinking, where the hell was James Franco? Was he in one of the costumes, or you know, Which... did he play a woman or something? I, I, I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, oh, there we go, there we go. He's at the end. Yeah. Now I I did want to watch the original one because I haven't seen that either. Uh, I didn't have a chance to beforehand. However, it's now on my short list of stuff I need to I need to watch just to to see how it compares because I love Christopher Lee. Um, so I definitely will be looking for that. But you know, obviously the the big thing for us in this movie is Nick Cage. Um, but you know, the cast was was pretty decent. I mean, uh, you had uh, oh. Ellen, Ellen Bernstein. Yeah. Ellen Burstyn, for God's sakes. Yeah, she was fine. I had no problems with her. Oscar winner, Ellen Burstyn. Yes. Oscar winner. Not, a, not an Oscar-worthy performance here, but she was fine. Um, well, and um, Frances Conroy, who was on American Horror Story and... Six Feet Under. Yeah, Six Feet Under, that's right. Yeah, yeah. she was Ruth in Six Feet Under. That's okay, because the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, Joe, why do I know? Like, I could not figure out why she looks so familiar. But okay, I get it now with American Horror Story and Six Feet Under. I haven't seen a lot of either of those, but I do remember her from them. Um, I've never I, seen either of those. What else has she been in? She was in The Mist. Um, oh, the show, though. The show, okay. Oh, yeah, the show, yeah. Never saw that. I, I saw the first I know her from something. Um, I mean, she's really known for Six Feet Under, Catwoman, which I haven't seen. Oh, so. that's right. Yeah, she was the one that told her that she was a cat person. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. I think it, God, that movie sucks. I think we found a movie someday to watch. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I that's don't so. Fucking... That's so bad. Cat Catwoman actually makes this movie, The Wicker Man, look like a reasonably good. It does. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because there are. The, that's the thing with women. Um, there are some really good scenes in this, and I think you know there's some pretty good performances. Um, Kate Behan, uh, who who plays uh, Willow or whatever, the the, the mother of the girl. Uh, she's actually an Aussie. She's an Aussie girl. Um, yeah, I noticed. And that she was, was in Farscape. She hasn't been in. Yeah, she hasn't been in a lot of stuff. But there, there's some fairly good performances in this and and nick cage at times is toned down uh it's just the, the bad scenes and this is the other weird thing is it's kind of a feminist movie in a way because they've made the women powerful and i think it they've taken the tongues out of the men or something it seems like a lot of the men have had their tongues removed so the women are dominant on the island whereas with the edward woodward one that was in uh 1973 it was very much the other way round, like Christopher Lee was the head of the island, and you had Britt Eklund there writhing around as the tavern's daughter in the in the nude, um, in the hallway. So they'd really turned it around. But then again, in this movie, in the Nick Cage one, he goes around punching women as well. So it's this real, really weird. <laughs> as I, I'm not too sure what they were, 
you know, it was like they put the women in women in power, and then Neil Laboot Neil Laboot said, "Right, you know, they've had enough power. Let's just go around and punch them all in the face." <laughs> just have this guy show up and start bossing them around. And yeah. that, by the way, like I knew that that was coming. It still made me laugh out loud when he just decks the one woman. <laughs> And like runs up in the right. fire costume and just clocks the other one. I legitimately <laughs> laughed out loud at that, and I knew it was coming. So yeah. because it's just so absurd. Um, it was see, like, but I was thinking feminist wise, though. If if you can punch a man, you should be able to punch a woman. <laughs> so absolutely, and, yeah. And she she looked like a pretty dominating woman too. I think, given a chance, she probably could have taken him. Not Lily uh, Sobieski. Oh, no, not her. No, the other one. He just decks in the face. Yeah, he he, he sort of did that roundhouse, you know, Jean Claude Van Damme kick to Coral. Like, <laughs> out of the nowhere, kick in the face. Yeah, just, yeah, just, just flying across the room, smacked against that wall. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm sorry, but she was kind of the to to coin a phrase from uh, from film sex. She was kind of the chick in the bucket of this movie. Was Lily Sobieski's character because she just disappeared for like the middle third of the movie. She right after the the scene where she's chopping wood and she has like the random "Will you take me with you if you leave?" thing, which made no sense to me whatsoever. Then she just, I agree. She just disappeared for the entire movie and then shows up at the end as like a feral cat jumping at him from <laughs> out of nowhere. Him. She just tries to tackle him from behind, and yep. I was like, I, I'd forgotten she was in the movie up until that point. No, um, I, I I can I can explain that because she said, "Can you take me with you?" He kind of went, "Nah," and. Then she's gone off and sulked, uh, and then she's got all stinky about it because you won't take her with it. So that's when she went all feral cat at the end. Okay. But I think she just went off for a sulk. That makes sense. It makes as yeah. much sense as anything else but in this at, movie. The, at the same time, though, you know, with the ending, it was all fake anyway. So yeah, that maybe was, that was the plan. I don't know. Like, that was, I think, the, the thing that made this whole movie fall apart was if it's all planned – I, you really have was to, it an easier way to go about it? Well, yes. <laughs> you know, and when you have a movie that has like a long con like that where everything's planned out, uh, obviously this isn't a, a con movie. Like you don't think of it in the terms of like Ocean's Eleven or Confidence or something like that. But it's the same kind of an idea where they're they're playing a long con on this guy. But I didn't feel like, that, a, and it's like a really long. Con well, yeah, it's too. years oh, yeah. in the making. Like, like they they hooked him like fifteen years earlier. <laughs> And I'm sorry. I mean, how many how many of you have actually seen the the um, original one with Edward Woodward? I, I never saw it. Yeah, I did not see that. It, so none of you have seen the original one. No, because this is the really weird thing about because I love the original one. It it is it is really tonally. See, this is the other thing with this movie is pretty much straight out of the gate that you've got the car accident at the beginning. Oh. And then he gets to the island, and it's just instantly, you know, well, what's in the bag, you know, and you know, those the, the women are there giggling at him. With the original one, it all seems quite normal. The one that's acting really strange is actually Edward Woodward, because hmm. he's a really hard. This is the other thing they took the religion out of the the character in the original one. Edward Woodward was a real hardcore Christian. Okay. That's why he was so he so objected to their lifestyle on the island. This sort of pagan nudity free love free spirit dancing around the maypole sort of life right he objected to that because he because of his own beliefs and his own hardcore christian beliefs um 
with this, it just took all of that away. And the and the and the original one is really creepy in the way that no one acts creepy at the beginning. Where it's this just went, oh, let's just get rid of all of that. Okay, that you know? that I can see, and that would be really worth watching. I, I it makes me want to watch it even more. Um, it's great. The original one, I think it's one of the best English horror movies ever. The original Wicker Man. So, okay, I want to play a little bit of uh, IMDb trivia, buy or sell. Um, so every time I read the trivia on IMDb, I'm always you know, taking it with a grain of salt anyway. According to this, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone you know, were up for every role from 1984 to like 1999. But yeah. here's one. Kurt, Kurt Russell, too. Yes, Kurt Russell, too. <laughs> um, so here is one. I want to read a piece of trivia, and then I want to go around the, uh, the panel here and ask if you buy or sell this as it actually is true. Okay. So I'm going to start with Christina and Nicolas Cage objected to the criticism of, that this film was unintentionally funny, saying that he and Neil LeBute knowingly made the picture an absurdist black comedy and that it should have been seen and judged as such. Christina, do you buy or sell that? I don't believe it. <laughs> no. <laughs> How about Joe? Um, uh, I buy it. You do? Because okay. there is just some, like weird humor you know like he's a uh, what is he he's like going through for like self-help tapes because he asks them like where's my tapes you know okay uh patty and uh, also uh, like can we talk about the double dream sequence we will we'll get to that here in a minute <laughs> we'll get to that but patty what do you think of that trivia do you buy that i mean no and yes i believe in the sense that, like, when Tommy Wiseau said the room was always supposed to be a comedy, right. like a hindsight thing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it was supposed to be funny. You guys just didn't get it. Yeah, I, I, I believe that he said it. I don't believe that it's that he it was meant that way. Yeah, okay. exactly. Gidget, what about you? I buy it. Absolutely, I buy it. It's the same as what he said about Vampire's Kiss. You know, he said the same thing. It wasn't meant to be a comedy, and and I I believe. I mean, Neil LeBlute is not known for making comedies. I mean, he's directed a couple of episodes of Billions. Uh, he's done a lot of stage plays, and but nowhere in his in Neil LeBlute's um, repertoire is comedy. And I think him and Nick Cage went into this seriously and did this movie. You know, see, yeah, I I agree with that. I think that they were trying to make a serious film, and at some point, it, it, because I think I, I kind of feel the same way about Vampire's Kiss in a way. Um, where I don't think it was originally intended to be sort of the black comedy that it became. I think at some point when they were filming that, Nicolas Cage was just like, I'm just going to go for it, and who cares? And But I think this right. was... I, I really like do his, think... Yeah, like I, his weird Nicolas Cage-esque-ness yeah. just kind of seeps through. You can't help it. Well, and I talked a little bit about this last week when we were reviewing um, Bringing Out the Dead, in that you know Nick Cage, when when he's with a young director, you get something like Vampire's Kiss, or you get Con Air, which you know was like Simon West's first or second film. But you know when then when he has Martin Scorsese directing him, he can rein him in. Yeah, he can he can keep him in check, and you get a great performance out of him because I really think he was good in Bringing Out the Dead. He got crazy in parts, but he earned that in that movie. This. There were moments of good acting in this. Like there were moments where I felt like, hey, that's you know, that's Nick Cage being being pretty uh you know, believable as this character. 
and then there were and then you know the bees and screaming and yelling of just absurdly so i do think it's a little revisionist history to to be like no 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 it was supposed to be a black comedy but you know hey unintentionally funny or intentionally funny i don't care it ended up getting a nice cult following because of that so good on you nick cage for that <laughs> the, the the dream sequences that you brought up joe those felt so <laughs> out of place to me anyway what, what now what did you think what did you want to say about them uh i just th- well the one that because you know he keeps re- going over the accident in his mind and like the kids are in the car they're not in the car um it's just and then in the end, you see those two people take their masks off, like the woman and the kid, and That's they're standing next was. to the lady okay. cop from the beginning of the movie. But it's like, wait, did that accident actually happen? Yeah. See, okay. So I didn't catch any of that watching it the other night at all. Like that yeah. just flew right over my head because at that point I was so like confused, and you know the the page <laughs> overacting had taken over so much. That I didn't even catch that no. that's who was taking those masks. Right, by that time you were kind of like tuned out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, but that's like obviously it's a long con in the sense that she went to the city and got pregnant, but it's also they needed him to come back so the accident was completely staged so that he wasn't at work and having a crisis, basically, to trick him into coming. Okay, but what about the semi truck driver? What? You know, so in on it. you're 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 making this movie make more sense than I want to allow. Yeah, it to make sense. <laughs> Sorry, because it's my like whole the more th- you think about it. Yeah, well, my whole thought process for the last couple of days since I watched the movie and I watched it a little bit more, you know, in bits and pieces, was the whole opening made zero sense to me and felt like it should have been in a completely different movie. Like now you're trying to now you're making me think. No, okay, now I get it. Now I know why that happened. Oh. Right. It's like, how can we make this make sense? Oh, wait, it was all fake. So and is this movie secretly, it was planned? Is this movie secretly brilliant? Is that what I'm getting? I, it might be. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Because like all the weirdness and like uh, the getting punched in the face and dressing up like a bear. Was that all planned? <laughs> <laughs> Did they know he was going to do that? Oh, shit. Oh, I will but say, I will secret- say it's, it's better than the happening. Oh, yeah. There's that. Yeah, well, I mean. I mean, you get an explanation in this movie, and in The Happening, I never wanted an explanation. I just wanted to see people kill themselves in crazy ways. Well, I do. I don't know. The whole end of this movie, though, like the explanation that they give just feels so forced. Like they just sort of were like, hey, no, we planned this all along, of course. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But, but I'll tell you something. That the weird thing is that that was actually what they did in the 1973 one. So pretty much because, uh, you know, in the trivia it says um, a lot of the dialogue, uh, perhaps as much as 80% or more, is word for word the same as in the original Wicker Man 1973. Wow. <laughs> now, I I really, I read that and then I, that's, I read that first and then I, I rewatched the Edward Woodward one and then this and I'm, there was some dialogue the same, but absolutely the reason that Christopher Lee gives in the original one is pretty much the same. We'd controlled this entire thing. You were meant to come here. You came here of your own free will. Um, we didn't kidnap you or anything like that, which is pretty much the excuse they gave in this one. We didn't, we didn't you know, uh, 
drug you and kidnap you and drag you to this island. You came here of your own free will, even if we did a ruse and, and you know, betrayed <laughs> what was going on. And that's and, that, and that's pretty much the, the the reason they give in the Edward Woodward one as well. Uh, I'm You know, I want to watch that version of this movie, and then I, I kind of want to watch this one again now with some of this in mind. It might. Yeah, do. You I should. Mean, it's, still, yeah. it's still ridiculous, and it's still silly Nicolas Cage over-the-top acting, but some of this is making me kind of think about it a little bit more. And I guess, you know, in terms of, like, films and art, that's good if it makes you think about it more and you can talk to somebody and get a different angle to, to think about it from. Um, <laughs> you know, even when it's something silly and absurd where they're yelling about, you know, bees and the, the CGI of those bees was terrible, too. This, um, was, this was something I thought about watching it again you know he kills the bee in the tavern and he's oh i'm allergic and it's like most people that are allergic to bees are allergic to honey but then he's trying to put honey in his tea weird and then secondly did they did she know he was allergic to bees is that why she chose him otherwise the helmet and pouring the bees in would have really done nothing yeah that's well yeah but i mean they broke his legs anyway true (laughs) Even if you're not allergic to bees, having a helmet full of bees, they're still going to sting well, you. You may not have an he, allergic reaction, but you, you know, you're still going to get, yeah, that's get pretty point. damaged by a helmet. Yeah, full and they got his eyes. True. Yeah, and and that's yeah, that was the other thing in, 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 the, in the version where it's the bee helmet. You just like close your mouth, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you quit screaming, screaming, it won't be a problem. <laughs> like, like when they did, they not tell him that there would be bees, or would he just start screaming <laughs> bees? Was it his last day of filming? Well, that's a, that's the trouble. They didn't actually put right. bees in with him, so I yeah. think Nick Cage just, just went on one of his Nick Cage benders screaming. And you're like, you know, that's the last thing that you do. The first thing you do is close your mouth and your eyes if you're in a <laughs> bee helmet. Right. So do you? <laughs> think it was he... one of those like Nick. Maybe you should close your eyes or your mouth type of thing. But he just yeah. kept doing it. So they just called it a day? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he rehearsed that in his hotel room with his cat like he did for uh, Vampire's Kiss? Because that was probably my favorite part of that whole, when I was listening to the commentary for that movie, was him talking about bringing his cat with him to New York uh, and having it in the hotel room and the cat just trashing the hotel room. Um, <laughs> for, for which movie? Uh, Vampire's Kiss. Oh. Well, he did, um, he did drugs with his cat, so the cat was probably wasted. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I trashed the broom, oh, I'm that's, guessing. That's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, I just, oh, you know, it, Nick Cage makes a lot of choices in his acting, and uh, they're not always good choices, but they're choices. He makes them, and he really, I got to give him credit for just going for it. I mean, yeah. he, does, he well, just doesn't care what people think what about did, it. Did you, ever, did you see the two Ghost Rider movies? Uh, I saw yep. the first one, and I've seen clips of the second one. Yeah, well, the first one, there's one scene that stands out to me, and it's no reason whatsoever. And I don't know, this might be like a Johnny Blaze comic book thing, but he just has a margarita glass full of jelly beans for some reason. Well, <laughs> is I that know. like in a comic book, or is that just a Nick Cage being weird? I think that's a Nick thing. Cage like, being weird. This character drinks jelly beans out of a margarita glass. <laughs> Well, I know I saw a clip from the second one where he just has like a pitcher of water in a restaurant and he just drinks straight from the pitcher of water with a, like a glass in the other hand, just drinks the whole pitcher of water for no reason other than I'm going to be weird. Well, he's he just he was just on fire. He's thirsty. Yeah. But but that's the thing about the second one, though, because it was directed by 
um, the guys that made Crank. Mm-hmm. Neville Dean and Taylor. Neville Dean and Taylor. Yeah, those two. And those, you, like, all their movies are like Crank. Yeah. They're just crazy movies. And the thing about the second Ghost Rider movie was that it's like, it seems so restrained because it was PG-13. But Nicolas Cage was still crazy, but not crazy enough. That so is- it's like, I want to see a movie directed by those two starring Nicolas Cage that isn't Ghost Rider. <laughs> and it would be the craziest movie ever. Well, I- I've Just said let this- him off the leash. Yeah, I- exactly. I've-, I've said this to a couple people recently, but I am convinced that if Nicolas Cage could go through a procedure that would turn him into a cartoon character, he would 100% pay for that and do it. <laughs> <laughs> because if you watch him, like he tries that in some of the movies, like just the way he'll over he'll overact or overreact, uh, it's like he's trying to become a cartoon. Like he would be perfect in the Robert Roger Rabbit universe. He would be like Judge Doom. I can see that, like in parts of Face Off, where like he's in the jail and he's trying to become Caster Troy. Like the faces he makes, they're really cartoonish. Very much so. Like when he's trying to bug his eyes out. Uh, you know all that kind of stuff. So, and look, hey, uh, that wasn't had... in the jail. That's when he was later tripping on mescaline. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair point. Uh, no, I just, I, I mean, and that look, he does that. He talked about uh, in the commentary for Vampire's Kiss, where he's like, "Yeah, this this scene, I was just trying to make my eyes as big as possible and just freak her out." Like that was his whole motivation for the the one shot that you see in all the memes, where he's just like, his eyes are trying to <laughs> pop out of his skull. So you know, and, poor, poor Alva. <laughs> Oh, oh! Uh, so we have to rate Nicolas Cage's performance on a on a scale of poor Alvas for this movie, because uh, we've been doing that since the first one, Gidget. Oh, that's great. Um, so I mean, I, I, this, this to me was like a three poor Alvas. Out he, of how many? Out of five. Because I mean, right. he he over he overacts, but there's so little of it. Like it's all in the last twenty minutes. What is the scale? Uh, one to five poor Alvas. What is a poor Alva? Uh, Alva was the character that he pretty much tortures throughout the entirety of Vampire's Kiss. Um, <laughs> he like chases her through the office building and corners her in a bathroom at one point. You, you, Joe, you've got to watch that movie. I promise you. Have you have to watch it, Joe. It is, it, if you want to see full-blown, you guys were talking about full-blown, insane Nick Cage performance, watch Vampire's Kiss. It is it, it's Kiss. the top of the scale. It is the top of the scale for the most out there, crazy, just nuts mm. performance. And it's all the way through. So you really get the full buffet of Nick Cage in that movie. Super <laughs> crazy Nick Cage. Then, I don't know, I'd give this a two. Yeah, like I say, it's, you know, it. he does it so little. And there's a lot that's very restrained in it. Yeah, there's there's definitely a turn. Like when he, after he digs up the grave and he's holding the doll. Why is it burned? Why is it burned? Yeah. He says it like five times. Oh, okay. it's when it starts to take the turn for he's he's going nuts. Yeah, and, and then I actually, it's uh, I had punch to capture, in the face bear costume. Yeah, I had to capture that audio because you know it, this is what he sounds like. I mean, this is Nick Cage doing you know his Nick Cage shouty bits. How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? Like I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, that's when everybody there is still trying to deny that she was never even there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't even give Willow a chance to answer that question. True. <laughs> no, she got to answer it after the fourth or fifth time. Um, <laughs> and just all of his like his 
apparently emoting for Nick Cage is just screaming and yelling because you know <laughs> when they when they've got him strapped down and he's just yelling, murder, like, and just screaming. <laughs> See, but I know that that's not true. Like I've seen him in things like um, in Raising Arizona or like Joe. He can show real emotion. I don't understand why he just goes. I know there was even, ten. there was moments in this movie where he did it. Uh, there was a moment when he first gets to the island and he first like when he when he goes off into that spot and he meets with Willow when he's like, I'm just wrapping my head around the fact that you have a kid. So can we just kind of take this slow? Like that moment, I thought, OK, this is you know, this is a good performance. And, you know, then he follows it up with this. What in the hell happened to you? Like, <laughs> And that's exactly what I asked myself. Uh, I'd, I'd give it a three, three poor Alvers, I'd give this, because I don't think, I think if you've seen Vampire's Kiss, <laughs> you, it, nothing can top that for crazy, insane Nick Cage. Uh, so, yeah, three poor Alvers. I could, I, yep, that's, I mean, that's what I have. Mm. Oh, man, there's, there's Cause some... Because like what you said, there's, there are moments where he is restrained. The entire movie is not him just going full crazy Nick Cage. But, I mean, he's a bit like um, Mark Wahlberg. We talked about that in Vampire's Kiss podcast as well. It it really does, what you guys were talking about, does depend on the director regarding reining them in. Because if you watch Lord of War, which is one of my favourite movies of his, his performance in that is fantastic. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and... Yeah, and he's got moments in this uh, when he was talking to the pilot. Um, I actually, I, I bought that, like him, oh, where did it go? I had him trying to bribe the pilot. Let's see if I can, oh, this one here. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, me, Mr. Grant here and his twin brother Ulysses. Like, you know, that, those are moments where it's like, okay, he's, you know, he's doing some real acting. And then later on he talks to the kids in the school and it's just like. See my badge? <laughs> it was just silly. So. See, but I think I think the scene where he's showing the kids his badge, he's used to maybe actually doing that in a real classroom, like in a normal environment. <clears throat> and normal kids would be like, "Ooh, it's a police officer." Yeah, when they're not all these children are not of the normal corn. children. <laughs> yeah, these are not normal children. That is for sure. Cult bread. Oh boy. Uh... Cult bread. Band name called it. <laughs> I played bass for Cult Bread. Nineteen <laughs> eighties uh, rock band. Yeah. Uh, and oh man, oh yeah, and the way he introduced. I dedicated this movie to um, Johnny Ramone, who had died from the Ramones, because that was supposedly one of his best friends. <laughs> really? yeah. that band. Like, Joe noticed is... it, and he's like, "Is that like Johnny Ramone? Johnny Ramone?" I was like, "Yeah, no, yeah. they were friends." Yeah. Yeah, they were apparently really yeah. good friends, and I guess Johnny Ramone is who showed him the original Wicker Man. From the trivia that I read. <laughs> Did anyone else notice that he also produced this movie? Cage? Yeah. Nick, Nick Cage also produced it. So it was like, my friend Johnny just died. I want to dedicate the movie to him. <laughs> so Basically, I yeah. want the first the first credit in the credits when they roll to be dedicated to Johnny Ramone. Yeah. Think that's what Johnny would have wanted? <laughs> well, so. but if Johnny Ramone was a fan of the original, maybe. That's the other thing. That's the other thing with the music. Like, really, when you watch them back to back, the original and this one, 
Um, this this one, there's so many scenes where the sort of ominous, scary music is really dominant. Like it's it's actually a bit too loud, and 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 the music's used to go. This is a scary scene. Whereas in the original one, it's just these um, sort of ancient folk songs that are being sung, and it makes it so much scarier, creepier. Well- yeah, yeah, because it's not, it's not this sort of dun 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 music, which is in the Nick Cage movie. In the original, they play this the, all this really sort of you know down on the hill we're all dancing da 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 all that sort of music. And the weird thing is, the music's quite joyous and happy, but it makes the entire thing creepier. Yeah, and and I think that you know that comes from being a, a filmmaker that has like that you know that kind of deft hand, uh, you know. We're talking about the same director that made Nurse Betty and Lakeview Terrace. So, oh. and and the remake. This the, apparently this guy likes doing remakes because two. What's it? Uh, Wicker Man was 06. 2010 was when he remade Death at a Funeral. The Chris Rock. Uh, he version. did Death at a Funeral. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because that remake is terrible. I have not Dreadful. seen the remake. Uh, I enjoyed the that original was in 2010? so much. Yeah. Wow. The, the original is really, really funny. It was directed by Frank Oz. Yes. The the remake was unnecessary and it was awful and it just didn't have any of the that sort of uh, really dark humor that the first one had. They just weren't game enough the to go problem, there. The problem with the remake of Death Funeral was that it's like, well, it hasn't been that long and the original movie is in English already. So yeah. the yes, only so. thing I appreciated was that Dinklage played the same part. <laughs> Which I mean, how do you recast Peter Dinklage? You don't. You just get him again. But right, you want to do this again? Uh, sure. I hope he got paid more. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Slightly more money, I'll do it again. <laughs> so there was one other piece of audio. I have to play this. If I play nothing else, it's just this. Whenever I hear an animal sound in a movie that doesn't sound like an actual animal, it stands out to me. <laughs> So from the laughs, I think I, I think you guys know what I'm going to play, but this does not sound – this sounds like somebody in a studio recording the noise of a crow and not an actual crow. <laughs> like you couldn't it even get – It sounds like Nicolas Cage pretending to be yes, a crow. It really, it really does. You couldn't get, you know, uh, D. Bradley Baker or Frank Welker to do your crow. You had to get Nick Cage. Like Nick Cage just wandered in. Yeah, I can do. I can do a crow. Check this out. I can do crow. Is that good? You want me to do one more? I'll do one more. Or you could have just got a crow. Yeah, or get an actual crow. No, crows are too smart. They won't do it on command. No, they, they actually got to do it for real. Put it in a desk, keep it in there for like eight days, and then let it go. It'll make that sound. The crow is a method actor. <laughs> oh shit! It died. It's oh. dead. Let's let's get Nick Cage to do with the sound. The, the crow died. All right. Well, I can do it. Check this out. Okay, I can do it. Oh, it's cool. Hey, I'm an Academy Award winner. I got this. Uh, that just I like. I had to stop the movie for a second at that one. I'm like, no, no, come on. But yeah, no. I, well, we took a break. We took a break too. We 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 had like 30 minutes left, and we had to stop. <laughs> but uh, needed, uh, we picked it up away. and watched the rest of it. Like I think we finished it what, like two hours ago. But it was a it was a it was a journey. <laughs> Do 
definitely was that. Not a great one, but not a terrible one. So so. it's funny. I went into this uh, with roughly the same mindset. So when I saw, (laughs) when we watched Vampire's Kiss, I went into that with like no expectations whatsoever. And look, that movie is not good, but goddamn did I enjoy it. Like it was so much fun because of how ridiculous it was. This I saw. And while I do actually want to watch it again after our discussion because of some of the things it's making me think about, it's not good and it's not quite as enjoyable. Like it is, it does fall into that category of the it's so bad it's good because there is some enjoyment it's, for some of the just absurdness of like the bear costume. and it's, it's, it's borderline for me. Like I have a scale. Every movie starts, it's like a clock. Every movie starts at 12. And some movies, you know, they finish at a three. And six is like the worst you can be. But some movies are so bad, those hands swing all the way back up to 12. <laughs> and Showgirls, for me, is one of those movies. Yes, oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> this is maybe a four. So it's not the worst thing you've ever seen, but it hasn't quite started coming back back swinging up. Okay. Right. I, I would say, yeah, it's probably somewhere between like a four and a seven where it's bad and I can see why it did so horribly and why it got panned so much but it came out in August too didn't it yeah I think it did it was it was buried well nobody wanted to put it out from what I heard like it was originally somebody else was oh that's what that a patty made a note yeah yeah what I took notes there were only two notes on it and one of them was that it has five studio logos at the beginning yes I noticed that too so yeah, four studio logos after Warner Brothers. That's which never, never a good it's sign. Not a, not a good sign. It's not, yeah. it's not a good sign. So, like, nah. these studios are the ones that actually fronted the money, and <laughs> Warner Brothers just released the movie. Uh, but then the other note. Oh, yeah, it was it was just Papyrus? <laughs> yeah. Well, so that apparently was the same typeface they used for the original movie. I did read that in the IMDb yeah. trivia. So, and I buy that. Um, and I think that it's just that now I so associate that font with like Avatar. Yeah, it was in Serenity first, Patty. That's true. Oh, you're right. It was. Firefly. It was in Serenity font first. <laughs> it. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Okay, well, think about this. This movie cost forty million to make. Oh my god. How much? Ten million went to Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to wonder, this like in two thousand and six, so that's a lot of money. Yeah, and you and you basically just just filming. I mean, this was filmed in um, Canada, like Canada, uh, yeah, yeah, British Columbia, Vancouver, Bowen Island. Um, it's already Latin. on the cheap. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. So so it must have been his salary or something, or maybe they, that's what they paid Ellen Burstyn to give it some cred. Um, the car, I don't know. The car I don't know where in the, the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't well know done. where the forty million went. I don't know where the forty million went because it only made like thirty-eight. Yeah, it million. did not recoup. No, 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 not even close. Uh, although it did better, uh, I think, based on its budget than Bringing Out the Dead did. When we were talking about that one, yeah. Last week. See, but but Bringing Out the Dead is one of those movies that it's like it's for like a niche crowd. Really, it's for Scorsese fans. True. Well, and and it says something about your director when. Scorsese's gone on record saying he hated making that movie and it's good and he hated making it and this movie I mean I don't looking at Neil LeBute uh and his his stuff like nothing jumps out at me I mean he did I mentioned uh what was it uh, Nurse Betty Nurse Betty and 
the Wicker Man was kind Which, of the next big one. Nurse Betty was when I you, didn't see. When but, you watch Nurse Betty, that is absolutely a black comedy. Yes. And, and it's not it's not too bad either. And no, I think I think horrible. I think the, the, the fault with this is I think Nick Cage did go didn't go far enough. <laughs> I think he should have brought all that vampires and his craziness to this movie <laughs> and be doing the, you know, where'd he get burnt? Do it do that the whole movie, like just over the top the entire thing, and I think it would have been a better film. I have to agree with that. I mean, if he just went for it, went just crazy, like turned it up to 10 and 11 from 30 minutes into the movie for the last hour instead of the last 20 minutes. You just got giant eyeball Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of the sleepy eyed Nick Cage, you know, and just. There was something else. There was something else that I noticed and it's something so small. And I wondered if it was a, his choice or like a makeup department choice. Like, well, why is his hair dyed black? Oh, that's a that's a whole different podcast. Nick Cage's hair. Oh man, is it ever? <laughs> he was he was he was actually going bald in the eighties in Moonstruck. Yeah, he was going bald. If you watch Moonstruck, we're sure he was going bald then. And you know, credit to John Travolta who also was going bald very early on. He's at least committed now and shaved all his hair off, and he's rocking the beard with the bald head. Because I saw him on Jimmy Fallon doing something, um, and it's like, well, at least he's embraced that. But Nick Cage. He must have an intellect. You know, you know how Travis, we were talking about where all his money went. Yeah, we we agreed that it's gone on wigs. It has to have. Has <laughs> yeah, to. yeah. Because every he movie just, he's wearing a just, wig, and that's a wig. He just can't let it go. Just let no. it go, man. But they're not even yeah. good wigs. That's the problem. Like Sean Connery has yeah. been bald since what the sixties. I mean, he was fifties. He was bald when he started making Doctor No. Yeah, but but his always like it always looked fine. I never had a problem with it, and then you know, occasionally he'd play. Once he started going a lot more gray, he would just let it let it happen. Right, did he have Did he have hair in the Untouchables? I don't think he did. Yeah. He was bald. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh no, no, yeah, he was. Um, no, he just had a like that sort of. God, I I was watching it yesterday. How do I not remember? What he, <laughs> well, yeah, he, no, I, no, I think he he'd reached the point where he's just like, look, I'm going bald. I'm bald. It. But Kevin, so. Kevin Costner was the same. You know, I was reading the trivia for um, Waterworld for a quiz. And um, supposedly Kevin Costner was just full on arrogant when they were making that movie, and he because he was in the water and he was wet most of the time, uh, he actually demanded that when they were editing the movie that they draw in his hair so that, oh. so that you couldn't see that he had a receding hairline. Oh. But supposedly, I mean, I like him as an actor, but supposedly Waterworld, he was just an absolute bloody well, nightmare making that movie. We- Make a movie called Waterworld. You expect to be dry the whole Wet. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Do you laughs> not think you were he had, in the he pool? Had, I don't think he'd realised how much his hair was receding. But I, I that, which confuses me because you know he was in uh, one of the Superman movies, a Superman a Soup's dad, the Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, I, and that doesn't look like a wig. So I think he's gone and got plugs. Oh, that could oh. be. Uh, you know, uh, honestly, if so, you... So why won't Nick Cage go and do that? Just go and get plugs. Go to Ashley and Martin and go and get some plugs in your hair. <laughs> he's too busy buying T-Rex skeletons and, you know, stuff like that and haunted houses. Yeah, and, he's, and, and, and after we did that podcast, Travis, Vampire's Kiss, I, I did look up where all the money... He's got something like 29 homes. Yeah. And, oh, wow. and a fleet of luxury cars, and he, he is just the biggest spender in the world. And what always gets me is when they're on their knees financially, sell some of your bloody homes. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and impulse buys too. Like he bought, uh, it was something like a, 
a super high graded like mint or near mint condition action comics number one you know the first appearance of superman he dropped like oh, yeah, yeah. $2.1 million on it or something crazy. Well, he's you know. a big Superman fan. So. Yeah, he he has always been a giant comic book collector, but then, like the story goes, when he married Lisa Marie Presley, she made him get rid of all of his comic books, which is just like the biggest heart, the most heartbreaking thing you've ever heard. Yeah, that, that's and, but how much How much of a pussy of a man do you have to be that your wife goes, right, get rid of all well, the things that you love, and you go, okay, dear. Maybe maybe it was in return he named his son Kal-El. So well, you I get think... rid of your fuck, you get rid of your comic books, you can name our son Kal-El. Yeah, there you go. He got the last <laughs> laugh on that one. <laughs> but there's, I follow an account on um, Twitter called Eye on Cinema, and they're always releasing like behind the scenes stuff. And there was just the other day they released this footage of Nick Cage with a long black wig on in the Superman costume. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I've yeah. seen that yeah. picture. Oh yeah, no, that was the one that was There's scrapped. A... Superman lives. Yeah, that was the one yeah. that was supposedly yeah. Kevin Smith was going to write at one. Kevin point, Smith, I think. Re- well, or he yeah, was I mean, writing we've a treatment all seen for that it and... Kevin Smith story. Yeah, right. Was yep. that the he Tim, wrote two was Tim drafts and then Tim Burton to... came on yeah. board? That's it. Tim Burton was in the video as well. So Tim Burton was standing there and Nick Cage was trying on the suit. But it just didn't – he doesn't look like Superman. No. Well, part of it too is that I've seen, like, the photos from that and it's the suit was not blue and red and yellow. It was, like, this silvery metallic turquoise almost. Yeah. And it yeah. had, like, fiber optics in it. It was – Yeah, it a... didn't look right. You know, and, and look, there's a whole there's a whole documentary about that. Yeah. And mid 90s Nick Cage, like if you look at him in Con Air, he got himself pretty well built. Like he could have pulled off the physique of Superman. It's it's his face doesn't work for yes. Superman. Like Superman has to be that like Captain America. It's got to be that, yeah, yeah. that chiseled jaw. And Nick Cage doesn't really have that. No. So, yeah, I never bought him as really being, you know, Superman it, as much of a fan as he is. And I mean, look, it would have been you, you turn him loose as Superman. And <laughs> you know what, though? I think Travis, we would have seen that movie. Oh, absolutely. We would have seen that. Oh, movie. yeah. This is the thing, though. <laughs> I think that obviously Nick Cage doesn't have like a Clark Kent look, but you know who he could play? Zod. Oh, yeah. I was going to say he could play one of the baddies. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. that. And he could have fun with that, too, because like, yeah, he could go like, full crazy. Imagine instead of Michael Shannon in Man of Steel, it was Nicolas Cage. Oh, you're making me Ooh. want that movie really bad. <laughs> oh my! Actually, I think he'd make a better Luther. Oh, he would, but he oh. would have to shave his head. Would he do that? He's too vain. Not all he just, to, he just has to take the wig off. Yeah. Well, I mean, Luther didn't even shave his head in the movie until the last five seconds. Yeah, that's Batman true. versus Superman. <laughs> Oh boy, the you know the missed opportunities with Nick Cage though. I mean, instead he's just well, gone to like the direct-to-video route now. It's funny because we were just talking like yesterday or the day before that the Coen brothers need to make another movie and put Nick Cage in it because you know they put him in Raising Arizona and he was so good in it. And if someone would give him a chance and could rein in or use the crazy in the right way, it would be them. Right. Well, look do, you feel, at- do you feel though that he's less crazy now? I mean, he's still making heaps of movies, and I'm trying to think. This he kind of went through a period where he was was doing that sort of over the top. But I think sort of the last he was in that one about the wizard or whatever, 
Um, and he it's just so, seems very so con- apprentice. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, he just seems yeah. rather toned and controlled down now. Well, I don't know. Mom and dad was kind of over the top, but it was meant to be. Yeah, true. That one, Mandy I was seen. pretty crazy. Mandy, I hear, was pretty crazy. Um, I, I haven't seen that yet. He wasn't insane in it, but it was just the movie around him was crazy. So that was different. I, I have to say, though, I like the idea of the Coen brothers getting him in because, again, you look at him with a seasoned director. Look at what he did in Matchstick Men. Okay. Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, Matchstick really Men was fantastic. Like, he can yeah. be really great if you get so him you the admit, right director. You admit you like a Ridley Scott movie. I like a lot That's of Ridley like Scott movies. That's like the only one. He's oh, talking Patty, to me. Patty doesn't? Oh. Not a Gladiator <laughs> but, fan? No. I think we've had that. The flip side to like a seasoned director would be like adaptation where Kaufman wasn't super experienced, but he was playing Charlie Kaufman. So it was more playing his specific kind of crazy and it worked better. Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, look at some of like, I'm looking through his list of stuff and it's crazy to see how his output cranked up after like 2000 you know he did obviously the rock con air and face off were back to back to back and con air and face off came out like what a month apart from each other i think yeah it was a month um no it wasn't even a month it was like three weeks well we saw them both so yeah, yeah it was like con air was the beginning of june face off was the end uh. <laughs> i definitely and it's that was those are very movies of their time very much but he's so. good in them mm-hmm well, and you look though. I think Gidget, you're right. He's kind of toning his his, uh, his performances back the last couple of years. Although I am going to be curious to see next week um, the movie that we're going to do is The Trust, which I know nothing about other than it's him and Elijah Wood. So, and that's a relatively recent one. That's 2016. Um, and it's that's Elijah Wood is like ever since Lord of the Rings. He's like, well, I don't need to do fantastic work and he just kind of does whatever he thinks looks fun i think <laughs> well when you got that so kind of residuals coming in but yeah I, I i don't know i i do think nick cage is a perfectly capable actor and obviously he's won an academy award he was great in raising arizona early on and he's been great in other stuff it's just you got to get him in the right like you have to harness the, the crazy and point it in a direction well and that's like well, you know joe really likes knowing I'm not a huge fan of it, but he liked it. And he was pretty good in that. Next was not as good. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but yeah, it's definitely a niche type of story. Right. He was, he so, was good in the, both the um, National Security um, movies. National Treasure. National, National Treasure, Treasure yeah. movies. Yeah, if you, you look at both like, those movies, there's no craziness in that at all. It's no, a very, very a, good ben performance. Gates is absolutely a straight character and he plays it straight so he has the ability you know what it is it's a bit like jim carrey i am going to compare nicholas cage to jim carrey i'm going to go there because i i've i you know with the pet detective and all that you know when he was just doing his full jim carreyness again you could, could compare it. it's really over the top in fact it's too much you know and and especially if you watch uh that documentary about uh the movie man on the moon Directed oh, by yeah, Milos, Andy, Milos Forman. The Andy Kaufman one, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch the making of that, you're like oh. going, this, this is Nick Cage. This is, like I can imagine <laughs> that he wouldn't get out of character. It was just and poor Milos Forman, who's a wonderful director. They all yeah, just had want- to, to tolerate him 
we watch you know, that. being this yeah being this character just non-stop but then you you go over to like the Truman Show or something like that or the movie with Kate Winslet um, and that's very again very restrained and again with Mark Wahlberg as well it's it really does depend on the director can the director take this actor and 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 put them on the the, the straight path or is it the sort of director that's just going to go just go for it you know, I'm right. not going to try and control you. <laughs> just, You're a big just star. Just go for it. Yeah, just, just go do what for you it. want. Not, yeah. not really knowing what that means. And then... <laughs> yeah. all, I, all I can <laughs> think of right now is the scene at the end of The uh, the Incredible Hulk with uh, Edward Norton when he's in the helicopter. And they're like, You're trying to control this thing? He goes, I'm not trying to control it. Just aim it. Like, you can't contain yeah. <laughs> Nick Cage or Jim Carrey. You just have to point them in the right, like, aim them in the right direction, and you can get something really good out of them. And if you don't, that liar, may liar. be the case. Right. Yeah, but that may be the case with Nicolas Cage. Like, if you can take, like, his particular like brand of crazy, so to speak, and like aim it in the right direction, it can work. Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. If and that's why that's why I mentioned right. Jim Carrey because I think it's the same thing. Well, yeah, Jim yeah, Carrey. And if you do it right, and he's an alcoholic writer trying to kill himself, you can win an Oscar in Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you aim it right, you get liar, liar. You do it wrong, you end up with the number 23. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Why'd you make me remember that? Uh, because I so have to remember potential. it. so much potential. I know. <sighs> That's Joel Schumacher, and with, though. With Nicolas Cage, I mentioned, like, Wicker Man was almost the descent point. Like, he did the Ghost Rider movies after, but he's had mostly misses ever since Wicker Man. Yeah, well, I think it was ever ever since the Sorcerer's Apprentice, it was like, okay, let's dial back Nicolas Cage. Well, let's yeah. stop putting him in these movies that cost all this money. If you look I at like Drive Angry, yeah, well, Lord of Lord oh, of War. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, well, Drive Angry. <laughs> Lord of War was 05, Okay, then he did yeah. uh, three or four movies in oh five oh six. Um, Weatherman, the World second... Trade Center. Uh, then there was oh, oh, World Weatherman. Trade Center. Yeah. But Weatherman is not a bad movie. No, either. not at all. But then Wicker Man was 2006, and then after yeah. that, it's it's Ghost Rider, it's Next, it's the second National Treasure, which is fine. It's Bangkok which Dangerous. Which is a perfectly fine movie. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, Bangkok Dangerous, Knowing, Bad Lieutenant, Court of Call, <laughs> New Orleans. You know, uh, we'll go there, Joe. Bangkok Dangerous. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then it's then it gets to like Sorcerer's Apprentice and Season of the Witch, which. Uh, yep. Did you ever see oh, Season of the Witch, dude? I, I didn't, and I want to. But 2011 alone, listen to this. This is yeah. just 2011. Season of the Witch, Drive Angry, Seeking Justice, Trespass, and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. That's that impressive. All year. That was all yep. the same year. That was all 2011. See, but I have heard mixed about Trespass. Like, some people say it's really good. Some people say it's terrible. So. Well, that's Nick Cage, though. That's, like, that's his movies. I mean... Right. About... You, you could say that you could say that about any movie. Yeah, true. There's always yeah. there's going to be a movie that everybody loves, but someone out there's like, nah, it's dreadful. Yeah, someone's you always got like the 99 percent movie on Rotten Tomatoes because everyone loves it except for this one dude, Armand White. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, isn't he the one dude that hated Toy Story three? He, he hated he he hated everything that was really really super popular. Right, and and yeah. he came up with the worst excuses as to why he hated them. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, you, I I do have to say, I mean, 
I hadn't seen this movie before. I'm glad that I did. I did enjoy myself, not as much as, say, Vampire's Kiss. And I definitely, objectively, it's not as good as um, either Con Air or uh, Bringing Out the Dead. But it's enjoyable. I, 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 you know, I don't mourn the time. It's not like uh, coming out of Battlefield Earth where I was just like, what did I do? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what that's, 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 always the, that's always the worst when you watch a movie and you just go, how do yeah. I get that two hours back that I just wasted my life um, watching that? Yeah. That was hereditary. But then, but then again, if you, don't, if you don't watch those you sort didn't of like movies. hereditary? Yeah, I didn't I, like it either. Thank you. Uh-oh. I didn't like it either. No, I, sorry. That, that's one horror movie that's everybody seems to love, but right from the beginning, I could see everything laid out for me and what was going to happen uh, all the way through. And I just, I, I wanted to walk out. I could see that. The only part I liked is when her head got knocked off. Oh, yeah. That's, that's that the only funny. bit I liked about that movie. Apart from that, I didn't find it scary. And I love horror movies. I want to be scared. I didn't See, find it I scary. Think, and I just, I don't ugh. think of Hereditary as a horror movie. That's just, it's like gore <laughs> more than horror. It wasn't uh, really I just, I just didn't like it as a film. I just didn't, yeah. you know, I, no. I didn't get the love for it at, at all. Thank you. Somebody that vindicates me. High five. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I can't tell you one way or the other. I mean, I didn't see it, like, hereditary. I didn't see it. I, we played it, and I saw the ending, like, the last ten minutes. And, I, and then it just, the movie ends, and it's like, oh, okay. I don't watch get it, it. Watch it. Watch it for the annoying little girl getting a head knocked off. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of figured that happened, but at the same time, I saw the ending, and it's just like, it's just weird for weird's sake. Yeah. I don't know. Like, okay, cult. Yay. Kind of like the Wicker Man. Like, oh, it's a cult. Yes. Yeah. See, but this, this I think, is part of the reason why Wicker Man maybe was sort of panned. Is that when you watch the trailer, they make it seem like a straight horror movie. And it is not. No, it it definitely is. All right, isn't isn't wasn't all the marketing towards the little girl? Like, isn't the poster for the movie just the, the girl's face? Yeah, the poster for the movie is the little girl. Uh, absolutely, right. And she's you and don't I, see and I her think that, at the end of the movie. Mick Cage's huge face behind her. Uh, so yeah, it's, it it's is. the little girl standing there, and then there's a giant Nick Cage's eyes behind her. It's a yeah, very it's, strange poster. But is. I'd be really curious to see what you all think of the original one. I'd love, I'd love you to check it out just now that you've all seen this <laughs> to see what you think of the original movie. And it is quite different. As I said, the essence of it is very different. The way it's done, um, it, it's, there's, there's more depth to it. And, it, and the, the original is quite scary. Well, and you mentioned earlier that the music is sort of like happy sounding. And I actually really love that in a horror movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all, it's all it, these fav- like um, uh, folk songs. It's all it's all ancient folk songs, and it just makes it so much scarier. Oh yeah, yeah no, because you're like everything's makes- okay, everything's okay, and of course you got Edward Woodward in there. You know, he was in uh, an Aussie movie, Break Morant. Brilliant actor, absolutely brilliant actor, and and all of them are good. And it's actually Christopher Lee plays the head of Summer of Summer's Isle. And it's actually Christopher Lee, till the day he died, it was his favourite movie, his favourite role, his favourite movie. Ooh. And he actually did the original Wicker Man for free because he loved the script oh, that wow. much. And he was so sick of doing, being, you know, uh, Dracula and, and all that, playing all the, the sort of in the Hammer Horror movies. 
generic bad guy. When he read, when he read the, when he read, yeah, when he read the script, and he's a bad, still a bad guy in this, but it, but it's but he's it's not generic a type of bad guy. He, he's no. a, he would be a bad guy that thinks he's doing the right thing for the island. That's correct. That's exactly right. And 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 in the original one as well, you're quite torn because you're not really on anyone's side. And that, that's what makes it confusing because Edward Woodward's character is so judgmental to their lifestyle and you're thinking, well, they're happy living like that. Why are you being so judgmental <laughs> towards them? So you're not too sure, you know, it's it's just I'd, I'm really curious to see what you all think, but please go and watch it. because I, I'm well, planning to probably in the next week or two. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you say that, like, you're not really on anyone's side in the original. And I wondered if, like, in this version – if that's why, like, the second he gets to the island, like, everybody is instantly, like, they seem nuts to him, is yes. because they want you to side with him. That, that's the thing. Well, with, with this movie, they make everything so obvious. They're, they're like, the bad. Right. They're the bad. some scary music. You're meant to be scared yeah. of this bit because we're playing scary music. You know, but Wait. there's nothing scary <laughs> in this movie at all. But at the same time, the, it was all planned. It was all planned. Yeah. So I it's know. like. Here's this dude that we're going to kill in two days. <laughs> Let's fuck with him. <laughs> yeah, it was all supposed to be psychological. And I well, that's, and then, well, that's the other thing with the original one. Is in the original one, they give him chances to get off the island. They basically ah. say, you better go. You know, like there's a, there's a boat. Thing. Yeah, on your bike, best, best you get out of here. And he's like, no, I'm going to find this little girl. And that's my Edward, Edward impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll accept my Oscar now. Because um, he's Scottish, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he... Uh, By the way, we've seen Edward Woodward uh-uh. uh, in something for this podcast, and it was Hot Fuzz. Um, he was uh, the um, Neighborhood Watch Alliance guy mm-hmm. in that movie. So that's why the name <laughs> sounds familiar to me, is he's the dude that uh, bites it from the, uh, the giant mine at the end. Um, Crusty yeah. jugglers. Yes, I I I want to watch the original Wicker Man. I really do. Uh, it I've it's always been one of those that I I can't figure out how I missed it and why I didn't just you know how we didn't pick it up in like one of our you know Sunday uh, movie yeah. barrage things. Well, like probably because it didn't meet the criteria. Yeah, that's fair. It's not it's not a terrible movie. Yeah, it's that's not a, good a point. terrible movie. It has names in it that we've heard of. There's actually. It's not just weird cover art on the front of the movie, so it didn't meet the criteria. And and I think a lot, I think with this movie as well, a lot of people feel they've seen it because the whole bees thing has been such a an internet memes thing. Yeah. People people think they've seen the movie. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I definitely knew more about this going into it, even having never seen it because of that. So. Yeah. Well, and actually, it was one of my Facebook memories a few day a few days ago that we had been downtown in Traverse City. This was like eight years ago, and we walked past like three teenagers and an adult, and the one teenager said, "Not the bees, not the bees," and the mom said, "Well, that's from the Wicker Man. You've never seen that, have you?" And you're like, "It's not from a movie. It's a meme." Uh, yeah. What do you think the meme came from? Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it just happens. Uh, well, we were earlier, it was talking about, you know, where'd the money go? And clearly it went to building a giant wicker man at the end of the movie to burn. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like could have been just a terrible CGI effect. 
No, credit to them for that. I mean, that looked awesome. But instead, they built one and burned it. So, yeah. hey. That looked great. Yes, the wicker's that, cheap. So. The FG looked fantastic. Nicholas Cage is so dedicated. He was up there, and he did burn. Because <laughs> <laughs> he burned to death, and, and the he fire, came back. <laughs> fire did not affect him at all, because acting. Right. He's a ghost rider. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he became ghost rider a year he later. just he, he just did like the classic he falls down he just comes down brushes himself off and goes to catering <laughs> we go get a sandwich you, what? oh, oh you get a glass a margarita glass with jelly beans <laughs> you need me to record a crow sound is that what you need okay i'm done crow sound that's it uh, movies wrapped well, i gotta go make national treasure too <laughs> It would be interesting going to dinner with Nick Cage. Oh man, yes, yes he would definitely be. I think be... it would be a weird experience. I, maybe I he agree. should auction that off so he makes some money. Maybe he could auction off dinners with Nick Cage. Oh man, he that's he would another make way to so make money. money. <laughs> Just dinners with fund his twenty nine houses in, <laughs> yeah. in one of his twenty nine houses. Right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh. I mean, they can't all be in the same state, right? They've got to be like. Does he have a? Does he have one house in 29 states? No, I think he just has They're, they're all houses. over the place. I think he's got an island or something. And oh, he's got he's a house those, in huh? France and he's got, yeah, he's a bit of an oh. Oprah. He's got, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I want to like, thank you. Have... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I want to thank all you guys for joining me. This was uh, a ton of fun. This movie definitely, it, it was an experience. But uh, yeah, the, it was, the conversation it was one about of those it was movies... better. Again, that was it. Just came out, and I never saw it, but I was constantly aware of it. And thanks to the internet, constantly reminded of it, so I never really forgot about it. Yeah, and it was. But and then finally getting to watch it, it was an experience. It was, and and <laughs> the conversation around it was a lot of fun. And it does actually. I mean, a it makes me want to go seek out the original. Um, which you know, if nothing else, this movie has done that. And kind of well, makes me want to watch any this again. good remake. Any good remake, at least, will should make you seek out the original source material. Just like Point Break. Ugh. <laughs> 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 well played, sir. Kings to you, Joe. A reminder too that um, in the trivia, it, it, the trivia it said that um, after they made this movie, the 2006 one, Nick Cage one. Um, <laughs> Every movie is screened for critics beforehand. This wasn't. Yeah. Funny that. Oh, mm. yeah. That's a bold That's strategy. That's never a good time. sign. I've, I've learned. Not screened for critics instantly means, oh, this movie sucks. Yeah. There's, there's three things that will tell you a movie's bad. It's not screened for critics. It's been yeah. stuck in development hell for years. Like It's been made and then sat on a shelf for two or three years. Yeah, or it's just it's getting got, released. Yeah. Or it's got four or five production studio logos at the beginning of it. Oh. Right. It just kept getting passed around. Or like or not rewrites, refilms. Reshoots. So oh yes. Or fired directors. Or, sometimes it's a bad sign as well. Director fired halfway through. Their name off it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the, but the thing is, you know, we watched the shocking alternate ending, which seems to me like it just should have been the ending to the movie. Yeah. I don't know why. The theatrical version cut out a bunch of stuff like the bee helmet and them breaking his legs. And that's basically and then it ended with James Franco. Yeah, that's like, that ending seems worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, they wanted to get a PG 13 rating and somehow breaking oh, his legs okay. gave it an R rating because it's not like it's that gory. 
So I don't no. know. It's just the well, sound. they don't even show it. They just play the sound of his legs breaking, basically. Yeah, which, yeah. from what I understand, and Gidget, you can tell us or not, uh, in the theatrical version, you still hear a lot of that, don't you? It just happens no. on screen? No, or? no, that's the thing. No, oh. you, don't, you don't get the bee helmet. You don't get the broken no. legs. Uh, no, you it, just get him straight into the Wicker Man. Uh, right. He does that which, screaming. They shove him in the Wicker Man, and then you get James Franco in a bar. Which also, yeah. it doesn't make sense because as they're leading him to the Wicker Man, they're carrying him, and clearly he can't walk, and his face has been stung by bees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it makes exactly. no sense. Yeah. They oh. cut out the scene, and now his face is all swollen, and he's just, why, why isn't he standing up in the end of the movie? I don't understand. So it makes they cut out the scene and now the continuity is just out the window. Oh. That's it. So if all of us can recommend anything, it is, if yeah. you haven't seen this movie and, and you're going to watch this movie, watch the unrated DVD. Don't watch the PG 13 one. No, watch the one Don't with the right. helmet. Don't watch the one yeah. with James Franco. There you go. <laughs> well, it, even then, if they had left the, the B helmet in and then just tacked on the six months later in a bar, She's going to get pregnant or whatever. That's then, fine. And then, can we see the sequel with James Franco, where the same thing happens? I'd just watch a, that. A shot for shot uh, remake. Like Great. The same, it's just like it's the same 20, movie, or, just with with no, James like, Franco. What, Ten like, years down the yeah. line, it's just with James Franco now. So they can make it now. Yeah. Or they I already missed they their opportunity. Make it now. It's perfect timing. <laughs> Oh, well, so I mentioned it earlier, but next week we are doing The Trust, which is Nick Cage and Elijah Wood. And that's going to wrap up our celebration of Nicolas Cage month um, for the month of August. Uh, so definitely, uh, if you're listening to this, come back and listen to that one. Um, and uh, you can find our show. I, so we have a website, tvstravis.com, and there's forward slash subscribe. You can subscribe to the show, never miss an episode. Uh, you can get us on iTunes, Google. Um, I might even try and, I, I guess, Spotify has podcasts now, so maybe I'll put it up on there. Um, but, uh, Gidget, you have a podcast of your own, uh, the Retro Cinema Podcast, and you you just had an episode this week on Beverly Hills Cop, which, by the way, was awesome. Uh, I, oh, thank you very much. I enjoyed much. that a lot. Uh, what's what, what do you got coming up? Okay. Uh, well, we are actually recording tomorrow. So we, with the Retro Cinema Podcast, I do it with Angry Man. We just do 80s movies. And we just do 80s movies that we both loved back then. Do we still love them now? If we still love them now, we'll podcast them. Uh, we've actually blacklisted a couple of movies that we used to like in the 80s and we've both watched it and gone, nah. Um, but this <laughs> week we are doing The Return of the Living Dead. Ooh. And it was the anniversary Ooh. of it just the other day. So, And, then, and I, I planned these movies way ahead i had no idea it was going to be the anniversary of return of the living dead but that's our movie for this week so that's going to be fun oh i can't wait for that one yeah good good fun brains oh man <laughs> well and that's one of the things i like about your show is the positivity behind it as well as you guys really dive in like find a lot of do a lot of research a lot more than i do for this show so um <laughs> Oh, Travis, you do a lot of research too. Trust me, you you, you know you know what you're talking about, buddy. But it, I mean, that's the thing. You know, we, we we're dedicated to it. We only we only do one movie, and it's it's less of a discussion podcast rather than us going through the movie, doing the trivia for the movie, playing the music as well. If there's really good music in there, quotes from the movie, um, and yeah, we just it's that's the thing, and it's family friendly as well. So uh, we just we just keep trying to keep the the movie uh, the podcast very very positive and have fun because then if, if we're not enjoying it it's not not worth doing well it is <laughs> it is definitely a lot of fun so definitely check that out the retro cinema podcast 
Uh, but thanks, I wanna... Travis, and thanks for having me on again. By the way, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. We'll have you on again. Uh, absolutely. Well, we're probably not going to do Nick Cage for a little while, um, but we'll find some more movies, uh, and uh, we'll definitely get you back on because it's been a lot of fun. Um, Excellent. And Joe and Patty, I love having you guys on. This was uh, it was nice to have you guys on and not have any technical difficulties. So that was a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice and smooth. Definitely. And Christina, always a pleasure to have you on as well. You got a, glad to be here. Yeah, you got a little quiet. We tend to we tend to dominate the conversation, so apologies for that. But you know, you always have good insight, and I like getting you on to to get your perspective because your movie tastes uh, are a lot different from mine, particularly. So, yeah, I I like the sci-fi and horror, so that that's where I generally and I I love B movie horror too. So. <laughs> well, I promise <laughs> I won't make. Which is why him... it seems even weirder to me that you didn't like Hereditary. Well, yeah. There, there's B movie, and then there's things that are just everything's two by the book, and everything's thrown in your face. That's the thing I hate the most. It's like, yeah, I got it. I got it ten minutes ago. <laughs> oh well, this has been a ton of fun. I want to thank you guys for being on this week. Um, so yeah, next week is going to be uh, the trust, and uh, until then, just everybody go out and enjoy movies. <laughs>